All right, let's get it. You are listening to This Week in White Supremacy, the One Hood podcast discussing the cultural effects and weekly injustices surrounding white supremacy. This podcast is geared towards adults who want to digest the latest news with humor and hip-hop. The views and opinions expressed during this podcast are those of the authors and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of One Hood Media, One Hood Power, and or its affiliates. Parental discretion is advised. Welcome, welcome. We are back to This Week in White Supremacy. We have a very, very special episode. I feel like we had just had an episode before the episode when we had some good conversation. Yeah. Are we going to do our top white rappers episode for This Week in White Supremacy? Are we gonna... <laughs> and, and I'll piss everybody off on my list. <laughs> yes, don't don't reveal that yet. Right. So uh, I'm Jasiri X. I'm co-founder and CEO of One Hood Media. And in front of me today... You know, it's me... Your girl, big blessing with the big blessing. Hashtag Miracle. big blessing. You actually said your full name on the last show. Did you do that by accident? No, because y'all bullied me and said I messed <laughs> up all of the promos by not saying my name. That is true. So I have to enunciate. Got my you. name is Miracle Jones. Yes. For y'all yes. promos to cut up. Absolutely. <laughs> cut it up. Cut it up. And it's my brother. Your boy, Treble NLS, never liked supremacy. Next level shaman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Treble is the youngest member, uh, but all, the most mature. Can I, that's weird how that works. <laughs> Life. And to the least mature member. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. You want to introduce yourself? You know me. The Velvet Voice villain. The okay. Supreme Asiatic Intelligently Divine. Okay. The perennial pissed off. <laughs> Full time supervillain, part time hater. Yes. Saeed. Hey, and we have a special guest today. Um, hailing from Louisiana. That's right. Shreveport, right? right? You know? That's right. Yeah. And uh and this brother has been putting in a lot of work, particularly around uh the environmental issues we have. You know, the most major issue is happening right now. Uh an hour outside of Pittsburgh and East Palestine, you were there, but please introduce yourself to the people, my brother. Man, first of all, it's just, it's an honor to be here. Which yes, um, I'm Rev Yearwood, president and CEO of the Hip Hop Caucus, and it's I can't tell you being in this space with you, Desiree, and the One Hood family. You know, I've been in hip hop politics forever. Yeah. So seeing and seeing this here, this makes me happy. Absolutely, because it is literally. What I know I have been fighting for and looking for to see hip hop politics or our culture yeah. use their institutional framework. So Absolutely. And I, just, I, I just, man, I just want to say, man, thank y'all so much for holding it down. No, thanks hey, for coming, bro. Yeah, really thank you for being here. Thank you because I know your time is. Is, is limited. You've been moving all around the country, yeah. particularly you've been moving. And and we'll get into that later. We are definitely like one hood is definitely a child of your activism. Right. We're 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 a seed that was planted off of the work you've been putting in in hip hop politics for so many years. So I will get into that a and little I, bit later. I get to tell my rev story on the air today. You get to tell yeah, your rev story. We got I'm it. excited about that. So you have been in East Palestine. Yep. Um, you know, for those that don't know, I mean, you should know by now, this was a major um, incident that happened. A, you know, a, a, a train derailed yes. uh, that was filled with toxic chemicals. Uh, the decision was made by this, uh, and what's the what's the um, was the, it Norfolk Southern? Norfolk Southern. Norfolk yeah, Southern. Yeah. They decided to burn these chemicals, and it's been causing a lot of environmental issues 
um, in East Palestine. Really, I mean, I feel like, you know, because we're our north, right, yeah. Um, yeah. or our east, east. yeah, um, and we Wait. share the yeah. Ohio River, um, you know, we have to determine whether or not or how. I mean, it's not even a whether or not it's affecting us, but how. But talk about what's happening on the ground in East Palestine, what is the community saying, and is Norfolk Southern doing anything to remedy this situation that they cause? Yeah, so just for folks who don't know, on February 3rd, 2023, a Norfolk Southern train that was leaving from Texas and heading to somewhere, actually, they're not, they haven't said actually where. We still haven't gotten the manifest yet of where it was going. But along the way, uh, Norfolk Southern has had a lot of train derailments. I mean, literally, they're averaging almost two a day. Oh, wow. Uh, train <laughs> That's madness. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, two train derailments a day. And in that, the, the thing here is that it was on fire for about 30 miles. The train was on fire about 30 miles before it actually then came and derailed wow. in uh, East Palestine. So it was just driving on the tracks on fire. It was, like, yeah, literally. It was, and it's on. We, people had like ring, hell on wheels. Well, yeah, but people got like ring cameras. So they got, that is they, nuts. You see on people's ring cameras, it's like on train fire going on the track. Wow. People was catching. But this, this is the thing. So when it does get to East Palestine, it, it does derail. And then it's a decision what is to, to implode and a, make, a, make the train explode. The reason for that is because it's carrying something called vinyl chloride and, and, and other toxins as well. But that's the main one. And so in carrying vinyl chloride, vinyl chloride, for those who know, is a, something that they use to make plastics. But it's also a petrochemical made out of oil and gas. So mm-hmm. it's highly flammable. <clears throat> if it gets into the ground, it can move around the ground very easily, go to your water supply. I mentioned the Ohio River. Right. And so in that, they have to explode that. It literally creates the largest environmental disaster that we have ever known in this country. Wow. And the thing here is this, is that the people who are living there, not just the people in East Palestine, but in your community... You're literally at risk because the thing here with vinyl chloride is that it can create cancer-causing problems. I'll give you an example. There was a lady who was there who mentioned, who said that she was evacuated uh, and with her cat, she came back with her cat. Her cat had a, uh, like a golf ball type lump on its belly. And then about a week later, the cat, the cat had like a, 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 a softball size lump. When I went there, oh my God. The town hall with Aaron Rockovich, you know, in that town hall, yes, the cat died. Mm. They've had over fifty thousand animals, including this literally hundreds of fish, yeah, that have risen that have died in this in this community. All in result of the all the result of what's happening with the that's madness. Wow. So the thing here that it's thinking within a month, if things are just dying, yeah. In a month, yeah. Then we got to make sure and speak up. So I, I saw guy, pictures of like deer just no deer just deer dying fish by and, the side because they're going to drink this water. Right. And, yeah. 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 Mm. So the question for us, and so this is where we come in, Hip Hop Caucus. Hip Hop Caucus made a decision. So just so you kind of hit it, we made a decision. We were working on democracy a lot when we first got started, and also other issues regarding criminal justice. We we knew, and this is for me being from Louisiana, having gone through Hurricane Katrina. And seeing what happened to my family and friends, we 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 knew that it was critical for us to speak up and to be honest 
what we saw with the climate movement, that it was predominantly a white movement. It was mm-hmm. predominantly like a Birkenstock kind of Jenny, <laughs> you know, Ben and Jerry's type movement. Yeah. Yeah. And so we got involved, and it was important for us to get involved because we felt that when we saw, this is no shade to black people who are involved in the movement, they're doing amazing work. But what we saw was that the black people who were in the environmental movement were still working their ways through white supremacy, mm-hmm. talking about how to do environmentalism. And so they, they're, in the words of Tony K. Bombard, their imagination had been colonized. And so they had wow. been in a position where they wasn't thinking about this like, we are the ones who are first and worst impacted. <clears throat> And so we got in, we got involved back then. We've been involved in this work for for literally now going on as long, literally now eighteen years since Hurricane Katrina. And so with that, we we wanted to be here as well because people say, "Well, East Palestine mostly white people," and we were like, "Nah," because we got to show up because we know that if we don't show up, they may actually be okay or not okay. But we also know there are black communities around Absolutely. who won't be okay. Right. And so we got to be there. And if people say, well, you, you, you making it bad for Democrats or Republicans because, you know, at, at this time, you know, President Biden hasn't showed up. That ain't, that ain't my concern. True. Right. I'm not, we, 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 we have to be for our people. It's not about being, uh, uh, you know, for this group or that group. We have to be for our people first. Right. Our only concern is for the safety and the welfare and liberation of our community. And that's why we got to stand up. So we're there in those communities. And but we're, we're having amazing, but we're having, ironically, we're there having conversations with folks who are black and white and brown and yellow, white, young, old, theist, atheist, straight, gay. We're having conversations with everybody because right. when you show up in that regard, people want to be together. And so that's where we are now in East Palestine. And well, and most importantly, the petrochemical issue, which is happening there, which is key, key happens in my community in Louisiana, Kansas right. Valley, and throughout Houston, Texas. And there's a want to build out the expansion. So not only are they hauling petrochemicals throughout our... And I, I want to say this to y'all. When I came here, y'all, I actually saw a train, Norfolk Southern, that was carrying... That's the same kind of canisters going through here in Pittsburgh. Yeah, mm-hmm. And so I, I got to tell y'all, I, got, I was sitting there thinking, yo, that could have been... It could have been y'all. Could have been like, us. Right, yeah, yeah. It's not like, like, for facts. And I would have been like, I don't really know the people before. I know a lot of people now in East Palestine. But I know y'all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And if I had watched the news and seen that 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 little Hiroshima cloud, yeah, I would think my family out there is breathing in. And so this is why this is our issue. Yeah. Right? And why it can happen and why we got to speak up. So we are speaking up because, one, what they were hauling was petrochemicals. That's got to stop. We want to stop the, stop the expansion of petrochemicals. Period. They want to build a new. They want to build another 120 facilities across the country. They want to build some here, again, and right here in Pennsylvania and throughout the Ohio River Valley. And so we, so we're fighting to stop that. And we, and we, and we gonna do all we can do. So I did want to touch on a couple of things that you said. One, full transparency. You know, when you first started to do climate. I was I was a detractor. I was a I at the time as kind of a hip hop activist was like climate man. I ain't worried on climate man. We got you know we in the hood. We we dealing with police brutality. We dealing with those things. And it wasn't until Flint 
yeah. that it kind of like registered to me. Oh, and I think after Flynn, that's when I came up to you and was like, yo, no. my bad, bro. <laughs> I didn't, well, I didn't we, see well, the vision. Well, we, did you a, know what I'm we, we did a private album. That we wanted you Yes, on, yes, yes. And you wouldn't take my phone call. We calling you, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Shout out to and my brother Malik Youssef. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because no, he Malik called Youssef. me. I said, no. Nah, shout out to Dewan Cry. Shout I'm, out to Common. Yeah. All them on the album. We, we called you call on me. speed dial. And I, and I said, no. I was like, man, I don't. No, like be, flat out. Because, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm somebody that try, I try to be authentic because I didn't, you know, although I wanted to be on the album with Common and Listen, all them. It's be, oh, yeah, you, because I wasn't be, feeling the I'm issue. I'm with that. You'll be authentic and then you're going to be under I was like, man. Man, we Underwater. don't need to be doing no climate out right but again like i think like and, and and we'll talk about that man you i think one of the things that has has, has made you so successful and, and put you in where you are is because you've had this foresight right because i think like now just like you said in pittsburgh we have some of the worst air quality in yeah, in, in the united states it still has a as a rating of f Right, hundred percent. Yeah, it's, it's it's below, or it's uh, we're worse than L.A. We're worse than most metropolitan we're, areas we're in the country. And sometimes you'll go on your little Apple, th- and they'll be like, "Yo, the air is really mm-hmm. bad yes. today. Yeah. Don't go outside." So, like I said, your I'm not. Schools are closed for air quality. Yeah. Not, not yeah. snow. They, and, they will y'all push a little bit out there. <laughs> snow. Right, but then uh, and also you know right after what happened in East Palestine. Yeah. We had a, like a two week like boil advisory yeah, yeah. Uh, for the water here, so I think like you know we didn't know that. But talk about like you know you mentioned. Well, this photo before you talk about when you order, you can't even get because that was important. Yes. Yeah. No. So let me say this to you. I understand. Yeah. Because part of my job is to talk to artists. Absolutely. To get them involved with campaigns, and so. And it's important that artists sometimes don't understand. It takes, like, literally, I, I've talked to artists on different levels for different issues. Yes. Talk to you. Did I get you? And you've done, for folks listening, please, I, I've gone to the series for many other yeah, from yeah, campaigns. Yeah. We, we've rocked out. And so there's, this ain't, this ain't, this ain't on, from election protection to, you know, you name it, to obviously criminal justice reform. Absolutely. We, we rocked out. So this is, so this is going to the series for that. But I've also gone to other artists. And had that same conversation. Yeah. So my history of that has not been easy. I mean, when I went to TI to get involved with voting. I mean, Absolutely. TI actually was, when I went, when I went to TI, I mean, I caught up TI and said, I want you to do this voting campaign. He was like, she's like, Rev, I'm on, I'm on house arrest. True, true. I remember that. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go out there and get the vote out. I'm, I can't leave my house. I said, well, yeah. we'll we, we figure that part out. Absolutely. And we did. We, we actually figured it out. And actually, he ended up. Voting actually because in yeah. Atlanta you can you can vote in Georgia if you're actually not in prison. Absolutely. So actually we actually went to use that. So I say this to this point to artists who are listening that clearly you know your job again use another Tony K. Mabara quote the, the the role of the artist is to make the revolution irresistible. Absolutely. So in that aspect, my job is just to come to artists, but. Really, artists like you, Jasiri, other artists who are around who are listening, the goal for me is to not just make you to use it, have an as an artist, but as an activist. So Absolutely, that you become the ultimate activist, yeah. right? And so, in that process, I understand there's an the evolution to that. Yeah, but I'll say this, and you know I've said it before, and you actually, I think this is one of the things that I, I would say, and I think that a lot of folks used to then say that to be said, but this is one of the old quotes. Yeah, is that you know when the movement is strong? Yes, you know what I'm saying. Um, the, the music is strong. Yes. But when the movement is weak, 
Yeah. The music is weak. I'm like, no, now you got to pause right there because when he first said that to me, I was like, this nigga's just coming up with an excuse for me not to be involved. And if I'm cocking, I'll be honest with you, I was like, but then I remember when I said, I, I actually have used that quote. Every time I use it, people be like, oh, man. So, because um, later on, it's like, oh, like, again, at the time, the movement was weak. It was weak. And so when the movement became strong That's and right. then the music followed. Yes. I was like, see, this brother was again, you was on it. But let, let's go back because yeah. I think you, you brought up the artist and it's like, you know, we're hip hop's 50th birthday year. It is, and, it it's, and, and you've been a, you've existed in hip hop, not as a rapper. 30, 30 years. Right. But not as a rapper, not no. as a DJ or breakdancer, an organizer. Yeah. Right. When we talk about like that, that, that uh, uh, element of hip hop being knowledge itself. Right. Yeah. That knowledge itself is an element. That's my The win. sixth element and yeah. a part of hip hop. So what, what brought you to that's my, that? That's my that, that's my that's my room in the hip hop office. That you say now by the broom closet because other 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 wings, rapping and and other stuff got the big like the, the penthouse. Absolutely. I got the room. But but what brought you there? Like what brought you into? I guess what initially what brought you into organizing? Yeah. And then what what made you you know begin particularly this hip hop political organizing that we saw. You know, you you co-founded the Voter Die campaign. Yep. Um, you you helped to put together the hip hop summits that Russell Simmons was doing back yep. in the nineties that brought all of these rappers together at a time when you know we were kind of dead in that East Coast West Coast thing and bringing folks together. Like, what brought you into that space? I mean, it's a lot, but the one thing that I would say is this. So the one clear thing that brought me into this was so I was in officer in the Air Force. Oh, I thought I was about to say police. <laughs> I, said, I looked up, I was like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> okay, you was, you was in the Air Force. Yeah. Wow. I was, I was an officer in the Air Force. Gotcha. And I began to speak out while in the Air Force against the, the war in Iraq. Wow. And then in doing that... What, Desert Storm or the war on terror? War on terror. So that, okay. this, this is, yeah, this is 2002. Right, okay, okay. Yeah. So I began to speak out against... The war in Iraq, or the, the buildup, right. right, 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 the buildup, and in doing that, and as an officer, as a black officer, yeah, they 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 charged me. You get the big chicken dinner, bad no. conduct discharge. Well, that, that, that was I was charged. Actually, okay, I would end up winning and getting honorable discharge. Okay, but that's oh. part of the story. But then, but I was charged with conduct unbecoming an officer. I didn't know any of this. Yeah, and then I also was charged as a threat to the United States government because oh, this was wow. post 9-11 yeah so, so I, got, I got it i got it heavy yeah and then because i was doing and speaking out it actually at the time bush was president i yeah. now know that it went up like all the way i'm sure to the pentagon and so they were gonna give me the hammer so mm. at that time i have two small children um and honestly i, I don't get mad about this this is people might know my story but you know, at that time, my wife was like, "I can't, I can't do this." Right. And she was like, "I'm, I'm out." Yeah. And I was like, "Okay, well, you out." I mean, I, I'm because I, she thought I was gonna be like, I guess some bougie, not, not, not yeah, 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 some preacher, you know, what they, you know, whatever. But I, I was an activist, so she was like, "That's I didn't sign up for the the activist role." So yeah. then when I was doing that, I thought she, but she, but she, when she left, she said, "Well, you gotta take care of these two kids." So that was me. 
and two small children. Wow. And so in that process, here I am doing this work, and I'm thinking I'm actually going to, I'm actually getting ready to go to prison. I'm thinking I'm going to lose my case. I'm getting my mom ready. You were looking at time. Yeah, I was going to go to, le- I was going to work. I was going to prison. Court martial. Yeah, I was going to get court martial. So I think I'm going to do that. So at that time, I'm preparing my family to take care of these two little boys, and I'm preparing to go to prison. And then at the time, I figured, well, before I, if I'm going to go, I'm going to go swinging. So now I'm going to every single protest. And so I'm going to every single protest <laughs> that like, there is. That, if it's, and, yeah, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm, I'm speaking out. And even when I went to the protest, so uh, I went to a protest, and this is actually one of the first YouTube video moments. I go to a protest in Capitol Hill, right? General Proteus is speaking. They know I'm coming. And literally, they know I'm coming, and you can see it. It's still there. It actually, it's one of those first police beatings. And the police saw me. I get pulled out of line, and they beat me up. Wow. And so um, this is one of the first ever. This is actually before, even before, folks, this is like one of the, this is there. And so I'm, YouTube, this now was emerging, and I'm one of the first videos. It's still there on YouTube. Folks want to check it out. Wow. But I'm beaten. They break my leg. So I, st- I still got a limp to this day. And uh, they break my leg. They beat me there in the hallways of the Congress. And I keep going. And I'm like, all right, well, we're just going to keep fighting. Because I'm, I'm determined, my spirit is determined that, I know that if they are successful, which now looking back on it, a million people of color will be dead. Mm. And so I know that if when I go and we all got to go at some point in time, I don't want to go and show up and see those million people who were killed. And they say, you said nothing. True. You ain't say nothing. True. So that's so that's that story. So then, in doing that, when I'm going to these white these rallies, these peace rallies, I'm like, it's, but it's all white people. So then, Dr. Ben Chavis calls me. I said, Dr. Ben Chavis, and he's like, you know, I would love for you to be the grassroots coordinator for the Hip Hop Summit Action Network. Oh wow! And I'm like, well, cool. I'm with that. And I, and at that time, when I would go to LL would show up and others would be at these events, I'm just amazed at the audience. No, people are showing up. Like, yeah, like, absolutely. They're showing up. So then I'm thinking like, okay, if we, and I'm thinking at that point in time, we have a segregated, siloed progressive movement. True. Meaning that if you go to the Peace Rally Rally, it's all black. You go to the gay rally, it's all gay. You go to the women's rally, it's mostly all women. You go to, you know, you go to the climate or, or peace rally, it's all white. Mm. And I say, it's, a, but it's, it's the same folks, though. Like, their right. evil, their evil is intersectional. Like, they okay with, like, funding, like, the same people about Norfolk Southern. Norfolk Southern is doing a climate disaster, but they're also funding Cop City in Atlanta. True. So they're okay with their evil being intersectional. Why are we, <laughs> why are we silent? I like that. So, that's fascinating. So, so for me, that's how I got involved. And that's how I literally got involved at that point because I just wanted to just broaden the movement. Yeah. That helped me because, and that's also why I actually started wearing the, the collar and like where I'm wearing now, because yeah. stuck. Because then I would then I started going to the office at Fat Farm where Russell was, yeah. and or going to Bad Boy. And I was like, I can't keep with the fashion. Like, like <laughs> is like, you know, what I'm saying? it's that costly. Time, at that time, yeah. they had like the, the you know, that the, the, the uh, what's the what? 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 What?
And that was like a stick. But I'm going to wear a baseball cap. So that was a stick. And actually, you know, obviously, Reverend Rome asked me to take my stick, which is cool. Yeah. You know, he, he, read the, which, he did. He did. <laughs> so, so then in that process, I'm doing that. But that's then I'm doing this because I just want our people to be free. Yeah. And that's, so that's I'm here. Now, you know, to me, the Almighty works in mysterious ways that now I would have never envisioned. I probably should have. I never would have envisioned the Hip Hop Caucus or One Hood, or other this my kid me, they say it was some of Color Change kid me, thank me. Yeah. And, or Broccoli City Fest kid me, thank me. All, all these things that come to me and say, man, because of you, I never would have thought that. But I, I will tell young activists now that if you using this moment for a platform, you're going to get some shout out, yeah. but you ain't going to get the liberation for your people. Right, mm-hmm. 100%. But if you really to sacrifice and be like, it's more important for my people to be free. Yeah. Fannie Lou Hamer, Harriet Tubman type mentality, Ella Baker type of, of just resistance. If you come with that spirit, yeah. then you're going to be given gifts. Absolutely. That I think is where. So now, I mean, so I say that, I never would have thought of, I've met, I've met everybody in hip hop. Like there's nobody you can go around, I mean, from Jay-Z to Beyonce. Yeah. To Rihanna and be like, I know Review. And they be like, I know Reviewer too. Like, I did, that's not how I, I started out literally just wanting my people to yeah. be free. And so now here we are. And, and, and you're not like, you're not like selfies with everybody. I mean, you're, you're, you're no. very much, man, uh, um, an institution builder. Yeah. And I think that um, that um, work is why, you know, like you said, you know, Hip Hop Caucus now is. You know, 40, 40 employees deep. You're yep. all over the country. Yep. You have offices in D.C. and L.A. Yep. Um, because I think, like you said, you're not. There's so many that in you, like you said, in this kind of activist space, we've seen folks come and go. And I've seen a lot of folks yep. kind of come into activism with the idea to be like a pundit or mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you want to be on MSNBC or yeah, you want to yeah, be. Yeah. But what happens is when they cancel that show, then what? Right. Yeah. If, if they give you that platform, they can take that platform away. But when you build something for yourself, yeah. and this is kind of one of the things that I learned from like watching the work that you are doing. And, you know, when me and Paradise um, and, and shout out to Paradise Gray, um, you know, one of one of one of his founding members kind of intersected with you because um, I think it was really Paradise who kind of put me down with you yeah. and your work. Um, that we just watched you build. I'm, I remember us going to your office in D.C. and seeing what you had and kind of looking at how you were building and kind of taking those mental notes to now you can come to our office in Pittsburgh and understand like that was influenced by you. And then I did want to, you have a Yearwood story yeah. that, that, you, that you wanted to share and then I just want to open up for questions yeah, from, from, from the rest yeah, of one yeah, hood. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, so I... Uh, the last the last presidential election was uh, the first time I ever voted, and yes. I ended up doing like a lot of national work around that, talking about it on like a lot of um, a lot of television, a lot of podcasts, everything like that. And it came because, and I always tell, I always give credit to Reverend Yearwood. We were at Penn State University because you had like, well, let's first so like yeah, your mentality context, was yeah, my, like my, my, my context, forget voting, voting I was not yeah, yeah. So 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 dual citizen, right? Dad's from Montreal. He's a Panther. Mom, uh, God bless the dead, she's from Beirut, Lebanon, asylum seeker. And I grew up kind of just like, you know, this isn't, liberation won't come through a ballot. That's right. 
right? That that was the way, yeah, you know, yeah. my father taught me that. That's where we came. Like, yeah. there's other options to it. Mm-hmm. And then I remember my when Obama ran the first time, my father was like, you have to vote for him because he's black. And I was like, nah, because he's, you know, I just wasn't sold on Obama. Then, you know, all the things that happened in the Gaza Strip, killing most Muslims, whatever. I was like, I can't stand behind this person, right? And as this progressed, I just became more and more disenchanted with the electoral process, especially living abroad, living in the States, not having faith in the democratic system. And even when, and I want to put this, because then even when one hood got into civic engagement. I wasn't voting. He was like per- helping us to organize and right. participating. Because but, like, you know, I can't we tell someone else to you. not vote. Yeah, I couldn't tell someone else to not vote. I'm just like, it's not my ministry. 100%. Right, that's not, that's yeah. not and, what and, I'm going to do. And he was clear to us. You know, he works with our organization. But he was clear to us, like, yeah. and, and we're not going to say, if you ain't voting, you, you know what I'm saying? Right, like, yeah. we're not, you know, you go, you, we're going to let you be your authentic self in our organization. Always, you know always. what I'm saying? So we, so the 2016 election, or yeah. 20, yeah, 2020. 2020, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, well, I'm bugging. Yeah, my bad. 2020 election, we're at Penn State. It's me, you, yeah. Tamika, Reverend Yearwood, right? And you said you went in at Penn State. And I'm sitting in the audience at this point, and I'm just listening because it's a fascinating panel. Um, and Rev gets on like he gets in Rev mode, but it's more it's just like he's charged up though. He's not, you know, he's 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 not yelling, but he's not talking nice to you. And he's saying <laughs> that like I'm gonna paraphrase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna paraphrase. He says this election is a battle, and whatever ammunition you have. You have to use because our lives are literally at stake. And you spoke so poetically and talked about the vote being ammunition in a battle. That's right. And you spoke about a way of of what was later to come, the dog whistle tactics that Trump was using around white supremacy, organizing these white supremacists, violent white supremacists, and how this would play out for black people. And I started using your language like, you're going to elect somebody that's going to harm your neighbor. That's right. And this is the verbiage I use from you, and I always credited you for it. And then after probably about 10 minutes of you saying your thing, I was like, yo, I got to vote this election. Oh, man. I was like, I have, like, you know what I mean? It, even, if, even if the desired outcome doesn't occur, I'm a fighter. Yeah. Been doing martial arts for 31 years, right? 16-0, undefeated amateur champion in Canada. I'm not going to not throw a punch. You're not going to back me down. You're not going to walk me down without at least knowing you got punched. That's right. And I'm like, yo, I can't in good conscience sit this shit out knowing what's at stake. And then seeing what happened with the tiki torches and and then ultimately January 6th. Yeah. All of that came from the election because the Republicans didn't get the desired result. Yeah. Because the Democrats, quote unquote, won. That was all 1,000% inspiration from you, Reverend Yearwood. Let's so clap got, it up. Yeah, yeah, let's clap it up for yeah, Reverend Yearwood. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We got a lot of Because I remember you, I, it, it, it might have been that night saying, you was like, yo, that, I'm going to vote. Night, it, we, yeah, that night when we walked back to the hotel, yeah, I was like, yo, I'm going to vote. He was like, Wallahi, I'm voting. that's the truth. Like, yo, that's the God's honest truth. So we recorded him 
you know, filling out his ballot, registering, oh, yeah. and recording him voting for the first time. And like he said, the story went national. He did national news. He was on CBS this morning. Because, you know, we're the we're the battleground state. Yeah. And so a lot of national media came in to see what was happening in Pennsylvania. They were like, hey, do you know any first-time voters? Yeah, you just do right hey, here. I'm, I'm going to keep it. So, so I'm, I'm in my, what, this 2023 says, so what, three years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I was, yeah. what, 34? Yeah. 34, first time I ever vote. First time I ever vote. And, you know, I was in assistant, you know, incarcerated, all that. Yeah. And I was just like, and, and one of the things I always said was, you know, this kind of got cut out of the national conversation, but a couple podcasts kept it. I had said, I don't believe that Joe Biden is any less of a white supremacist than Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. But sometimes all you're left with is bad choices. Sometimes, like harm yeah. reduction voting, harm reduction yeah. is, is is what we're left with at this juncture. <laughs> That's what we're left it's with. It's not like we have a champion of justice in you know running on the Democratic ballot, yeah, or independent, whatever. Like someone is going to prioritize Black people. However, I'm not voting for Donald Trump. I'm vo- or vo- voting for Joe Biden. I'm voting against Donald Trump. hundred percent. And, 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 and that was all because of you. So yo, man. shout out, shout out to man. Yeah, Thank you no. for that, man. What, what is that? Mm-hmm. Was that you know? Because you well, did you go to Penn State that day to get some people? I guess you did, right? No, to get I, some I people did. to vote. I, did, I, I definitely <laughs> did to yeah. give that to give that that spiel. But I mean, this means a lot because I think that you now in this position you're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it shows what what we need is more political education. One hundred percent. Right, because I think that this is what other groups are not doing is that they're not giving. They are just picking a side. Be vote this way, vote that way. But we got to go deeper. And speak it from where we got. But what that means to me is everything. I man, can't I, tell you. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you, bro. Means, well, you know, that's... Well, that, man, I, shoot, I can leave on that note. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if y'all got no questions for me, but so, I'm done. I want to come to... That's amazing. Our yeah. director of advocacy and policy, Miracle Jones Esquire, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, do you have do you have some questions for him? I have a few questions. I'm going to kind of rapid fire these, um, okay. so, because for time... Um, but you talked a little bit about the work that you're doing, and you mentioned Cancer Alley. Yeah. And so I, one of my questions is, what do you see the barriers in bringing and diversifying the environmental justice issue? Great because question. Because we know that our kids are suffering, black and brown kids are suffering with high rates of asthma. We know a lot of these petrochemical plants are put in black and brown neighborhoods, uh, particularly black neighborhoods. We know that the workers are getting poisoned and, and we still have lead in our water, lead, you know, lead paint. What do you see as the barriers? Because we are really impacted and people as the global majority, whether it's people in the struggle in Hawaii, all over. So how do you... How do you remove white supremacy out of the environmental justice space, I guess, would be the question. You, you can't. Mm. You, can't. <laughs> you, you can't remove Homegrown, it. Homegrown, right? Yeah. No, you can't, you can't remove it. And I think that you, what you have to show them where they are hypocritical and what they're doing. So we, we make sure this is very important. We, those who have been deemed these communities sacrifice homes. Let's be very clear. The fossil fuel industry business plan is a death sentence for our communities. Mm-hmm. They build petrochemical yeah. uh, plants right next to the hood yeah. in the south all the their, time. Their, their business plan, when they're writing out in tables like this, they are literally putting down the fact that our community, our mamas, our daddies are expendable. And that even if we sue them, that's a part of their business plan. So this, we got to start there. And that's so that the key thing is that 
one, we have to make sure the demonstration part, that we have to continue to lift up our voice, wherever that is, and say that, you know, we will not be the path of least resistance. We will not allow you to put those, those petrochemical facilities next to our playground. We will not allow you to, to continue to put uh, right here like in the, the Beaver, Beaver County shell cracker. Mm-hmm. We won't allow you to do that. We, know, and that we, we have to fight. We got to speak up. Also, we got to claim it is our issue. Right, and that's, that's the second thing we got to do is litigation, right, um, and legislation. We got to make sure that we have a strong presence, that we are doing everything in the courts and everything regarding policy, because we know either you say policy or policy shapes you. True. But we, but we also know that we've too long been hard on demonstration and not not heavy on litigation and legislation, and we True. know that 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 demonstration without litigation and legislation leads to frustration. Mm. So we got to bring those together. The other thing that, for those who want to be allies, we have to hold them accountable. That's a fact. In 2017, the new school did a study in which they looked at how much, and let's be real, the environmental funding sector is the largest progressive funding sector out of all our sectors. So, for instance, they looked at the 12 largest foundations and they literally in, 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 in 2017, they gave up this, this, these 12 found, these 1,200, they gave out $1.3 billion in one year. Mm-hmm. Out of that $1.3 billion they gave out, only 1.3% went to BIPOC organizations. Wow. So while they're saying on a federal level, we need to have a Justice Ford Initiative, which means that 40% of the impacts that from the money resources from the impact go to that community. They're not even just as 40 within the, the funding sector. Absolutely. It's, it's, not even, it's, not, it's not even a 1%. It's actually like a 1.2%, wherever yeah. it is, sector. So you're, while you will have me and put folks in front of a camera in a very usual way, say, look, this, look, look, look at them. They're getting poisoned by Shell and Exxon. Oh, my goodness. Look at them, boy. They, 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 they drown in Uganda. They drowning over there. Over there in, in, in Trinidad, they drown over there in, in Mississippi. Oh, my goodness. They got bad water in Baltimore and bad water in Flint. And they got bad water in Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh. But in doing that, you, we, we rise up and say, okay, well, great. We got a one hood. We got this group. We got that group. And then they say, well, mm, we can't give you that money. So we're going to give it mm-hmm. to this, these large green. That has to change. Right. That's white supremacy. True. Mm-hmm. So we have to – We listen, I will never forget when I went to – uh, uh, New York to speak, and it was in the place where Sean Bell w- w- was killed and murdered. I went there to speak, and I was there. I got finished speaking. A young, young brother came to me, could be no more than 13, 12, 13 years old. And he came to me, he said, Man, Rev, I wish there was more environmentalists who looked like you. And at first I was like, oh, Okay, that's kind of cool. You know, so maybe it might be, you know, the cool Nikes or a hat. You know, I'm not sure, you know what I'm saying? Whatever it might be. <laughs> you know what I mean? But this is what he said afterwards. This was what got me, because sometimes we forget that there is what we call gotta, genius outside the academy. That our community, mm, wow. our young people are genius. And so I, he set me up. I didn't even know where he was coming. The young brother set me up. He got me. He said this. He said that, man, I wish more environmentalists look like you, Rev. He said this. He said, I got to ask you a question, though. I said, what? He said, why do you want to save hell so bad? Mm. He said, why do you want to save hell so bad? Because... If you save this thing, them hurting me, hurting our community. Wow. The seal right. You do all that. We still going to be suffering. We still going to be like being educated. 
We're still going to be in prisons. I'm still going to feel unsafe in my community. Why do you want to save hell so bad? And I realized that I have to disconnect myself from that thinking of white supremacy that if they don't even exist, we got to fight. And so Hip Hop Caucus, and I'm trying to get one hood and get others, that I'm trying to get our own table. We got folks who I know are working within our civil rights division. We got amazing Executive Vice President Tony Clayhouse, who runs that, that division, who was coming in there saying that we have to bring in more civil rights and human rights into this because climate justice is racial justice. Yes. And mm-hmm. racial justice is climate justice. So that's, that would be the answer to your question. Okay. Wow, powerful. And, um, you know, you mentioned political education. I, my favorite clip of Chairman uh, Fred Hampton is talking about the importance of education so that we're not replicating the systems of oppression. We know there was a platinum plan, all these plans that some people have put out about what to do for our communities. How do we invite people who are in the arts to get a political education after they have reached a level of success where they're no longer just trying to make it out? Because there is a difference, I think, when you're reaching people, when they're just trying, you know, to help their family when they're but, coming up, right? But when they're uh, coming up, but then once they make it, <laughs> they got, the, they got know, the mansion and the money. <laughs> there, there's a bit of a struggle. So, how do, what does that political education process look like? And then my last question is because you have the Stop Cop City yep. um, hat, and I know you know the week starts uh, this weekend and, and right. it goes Go on to next about fighting. How does it feel to be fighting for all of this? environmental justice, but now the leaders of the oppression are black people. Yeah, well... well, Ooh, well that's deep. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that, that is deep. And But, I mean, and that goes back to Tyree Nichols, obviously. Absolutely. Right, and, and Memphis and the, the conversation behind his, his murder and many other murders, right? Um, so, let me just start with the cop city. That's an mm-hmm. easy one to start with. Kind of, I'm going to say that off the top. They're obviously, for those, for those who don't know, in 2017, the uh, Atlanta Police Foundation put forth a recommendation to create basically a cop. And it's also supposed to be a cop city here in Pittsburgh yeah. as well, right? So this, they, they, they now want to create these institutions of basically trainings to really halt uh, the voice of the people. And so cop city was put forth. It's in the Willanee Force, which is actually because of the lungs of Atlanta. And so they want to tear that force down, literally, which actually helps those communities not have asthma and emphysema and breathe better. Um, tear, tear, tear down, build up basically a firefighter slash cop facility. And so literally in 2021, um, uh, activists, uh, force defenders, community activists, many others, began to do a great work of pushing back. That has just grown. Uh, at the beginning part of this year in January, um, a, a young person, pronouns they, them, um, who was amazing, Putagita, this is, was, his, was his name, called him Tort, was assassinated, mm-hmm. Right. Um, defending the force. And that also was a different level because climate defense had been killed globally, but this is kind of one of the first cases when somebody was killed here. So it actually was killed in Atlanta during the Dr. King week, <laughs> uh, during birthday week. And so from there, that then has, raised, has risen up a situation where people are now gathering um, between now March 4th through March 11th. But even more importantly, if, if you hear this after that, at that time frame, you can go to copcitysolidarity.org. That's copcitysolidarity.org to be engaged. I hope that all groups are engaging and join up to that. That, that, that Hip Hop Caucus will be a part of how others will join. 
But this is the thing, this, that segues into your other question about, in essence, uh, bougie class folks who forget about where they come from. Mm-hmm. So in that situation, in Cop City, Atlanta, and others, there are a lot of folks from the beginning of our time coming to these shores who somehow are much more comfortable living in the house. And they will, they will fight the folks on the plantation to keep their comfortability in the house. As a matter of fact, they'd be like, a master, master pays me good, I eat good, I got nice clothes. And that's that their whole process. In the meantime, where they're, they will look out the plant, they look out the mansion's window and seeing those out there in the field and not feel anything. I can't really speak for them. Because I am in I am a field Negro. So I don't know what it feels like to look out of Master's house, to look out the window and see your sisters and brothers in the field hurting. I know if I was there, it would be chaos in Master's house if I was in the house knowing my people outside the house hurting. So I can't speak for them. I don't I don't I, I and I feel sorry they feel so comfortable in the house. What I can speak to is that I know that if we come together and we organize, we can be free. That's our only job here. And we have to not allow for those who are in these positions who have, who, who want to be comfortable. And that's hard, too, because when you go to these, listen, I speak around the country, when you go to colleges, it's hard because you go to schools, you're, you're, you, you, you know, you're, I went to HBCU, that's my shout out for HBCUs. Yeah. But when you go to other schools, it's hard to be on these campuses and be True. the only black person and go through and then you feel that weight, you know, to, to kind of acquiesce or kind of just, you know, be part of the system. So I get it. I'm not saying it. And so I would say this. Our goal is to make sure that we're free. Now, let's be very clear. There is a need, this is probably getting deeper into it, but there's a need to have spook who sat by the door. Mm, yeah. There's a need for folks to be inside the house who can tell folks outside what's going on. So I'm going to be very clear. It's not just, I don't mean just if you're inside. If you're inside positions or you're around positions of power, you need to, if you need to relate that information back to the community so they can know what's going on. Absolutely, yeah, That's yeah, different. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to so be very clear. There are folks who are in, there are folks who may be working at Exxon and BP yeah. or whatever, you, who are relaying information back yeah. about things or who work for the police department or work 100%. for some places who are relaying things back to, yo, this is what's yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah, 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 be on That's, the lookout. Use your position. Yeah. But if you're in these positions and you're using the position to hurt our community, you are part of the problem. 100%. <clears throat> I agree, I agree. Oh, that's powerful, powerful. Trouble, yes, you got indeed. a you got a question? Yes, I do. So I've kind of been on this journey of, you know, becoming an artist since twenty eighteen. Yes. Since one had introduced to me that term. So I'm really new to a lot of the politics, the um the policies that we have to fight to dismantle and stuff like that. And I'm also very new to the hip hop caucus. Um, I also, I don't really know what caucus is in the first place. So to understand the hip hop caucus is a little bit different, but I just wanted to ask for people like me out there who might be watching this, who don't really know what the hip hop caucus is. What is it? And what do you all stand for? That's a great, great question. question. No, that's a great question. The hip hop caucus was started 
in 2004. Mm-hmm. As, I, as I said earlier, there were a number of hip-hop organizations going on at the time. Mm-hmm. There was Hip-Hop Summer Action Network. There was Citizen Change that was done by, by, by Diddy. There was Voice Your Choice by Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. Um, many, many organizations that were going together. Bakari Kidwana, Hip-Hop Political Convention. Mm-hmm. Many, many groups that were happening at the time. And so at that time in 2000, 2004, it was a decision that they would all kind of merge together. Mm-hmm. Caucus is something that term that was used. It's a political term, meaning many, many groups coming together as one. Okay. And so there's like, when you call it Congress, there's like the Christian Black Caucus, mm-hmm. there's Hispanic Caucus, there's many kind of, there's good and freedom so, caucus. So you saw this as like an umbrella organization yeah. to help organize all the other hip-hop organizations that were happening at the time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So that's what, that was, the, that was the intent, because all of them were, <clears throat> all of them were kind of done. Well, either they were done or they were kind yeah. of going to different phases. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they all kind of came together to then form hip-hop, the Hip-Hop Caucus. And we okay. were created September 11th, 2004. And so since then, the goal of that is simply to use our cultural expression mm-hmm. to shape our political experience, meaning mm-hmm. using culture to impact things that we're working on, either mm-hmm. from criminal justice to climate change mm-hmm. to economic justice, all those kind of things. Okay. That's it. Um, that, that's, that, that's the bottom line to it. And from there, um, I would say that the artist component, the artivist component you mentioned, I want to take a step back for you, because it's actually it's important for artists like yourself and who are, those who are listening. Mm-hmm. And this is my belief. Artists are unique that they hear things before other people do. Mm. And if you're an artist, a poet, fashion designer, you're hearing things that's coming through your waves. Mm-hmm. And because of that, you have to get it out. I actually think if artists don't get out what's being given to them, artists go crazy. Mm. And I think a lot of artists, when they're doing things that's not part of their calling, you can tell that, they're, that, that something is missing. Mm-hmm. When an artist is using their ability to bring awareness, to shed light, and this, however way that is, mm-hmm. that artist seems to me in my now decades-long work to be more free. Mm-hmm. So this is the thing. So to being an artist means that you are making a decision that says, I will continue to be the best artist I can be. Mm-hmm. We need good artists. I'm going to be the best at my craft that I can be, but I'm also going to be the best activist, mm. the, best, the best organizer, the best mobilizer, the best energizer in that process. Those two are, don't run parallel. You then are saying, I'm going to bridge that. Mm-hmm. And so that's what the artifice is. So as artifice are coming on board, and be very clear, as you're coming on board, you're, you, it doesn't, you can either use your music or you can use your platform. Mm-hmm. Rihanna's a good example. Rihanna is someone who literally gave $15 million to fight climate justice issues, mm-hmm. right, last year. Um, she's using her, her, her money, right, that she got from her businesses. She, and then she's putting it into, sometimes, into the music. Beyonce on the album, right, Beyonce, the album that, that the Siri wouldn't get on, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, uh, when, when Beyonce was supposed to do a, a song for the album, mm-hmm. it didn't make it onto the album, but she put that song on her own album, on Lemonade. Okay. You know, Sandcastles. Sandcastles mm-hmm. is, is an environmental song, right? Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying here is that there are different ways of being an artivist. Mm-hmm. The key thing here is this. 
is that the most important thing for an artist to do, and I, I want this is something, man, for for you and all the artists, you have to be true to your people. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't tell you, you will make better art when you see the voices and the faces of the people who are suffering. Wow. You will sing better. You will rap better. I speak. When I see my ancestors, right, mm-hmm. I, will, I, I, wanna, I know we have a time, but I want to say this, 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 last, this last story, this aspect. You know, I am, if you ask me, are you a real reverend, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, I, 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 I get where that comes from. They said, you're a real I said, yeah, you know, I'm a real reverend. I get it because I'm hip-hop and, you know, whatever. And they, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah. Guess, I, guess, I hope it's just for looking cool or whatever, but okay. I, I, I get the question. But I'm a real reverend. But I usually work in my, I, I usually work in my hood and my mm-hmm. communities. I'm usually asked, I'm the guy who usually asks when people are killed with gun, gang violence or when nobody's coming to those funerals, right? The funerals are usually at the funeral home yeah. and at a church. I'm asked a lot of times to do those funerals. I never will forget the funeral that I had to do because one thing that I know, back to the question earlier, America was that 68% of black people live within 30 miles of a coal-fired power plant getting mm. asthma and emphysema. Wow. So I had to do a funeral one time for a little girl who was like, I think, one of 10. Her, her mom was working... She was the one little girl who was like the one who would take care of all the other people acting crazy, you know, mm-hmm. in the house. And so, but she had asthma. Her mom was forced to choose between either buying groceries or getting her an inhaler. Mm-hmm. So I gave her Russian roulette. Well, she lost. She came home. She found her daughter, the good one, who ironed the clothes, get the kids to school, mm-hmm. in the living room floor with the inhaler where she couldn't reach it. Or she had gotten it, and when she pumped it, there was nothing in it. And she didn't buy it. Wow. Making a decision. So what I'm doing, and I'm actually didn't do this funeral. When I'm doing this funeral for this little girl, the entire time I'm doing this funeral, this mother is literally charging down the middle of the aisle to get into the casket mm. and saying, I should be in that casket. Mm. And her sister grabs her, her shoe falls up, they tackle her, her dress comes up. One time she got to the casket, she knocked the casket over. Wow. The little girl's hand came out the casket. I'm trying to hold the casket. I'm pushing the casket. The casket don't fall over. Mm-hmm. This mother, the pain in our community. She's trying to charge to get into that casket. Wow. Mm-hmm. Because she knows she chose between buying some probably some food and her and this and this messed up system. Yeah. A white supremacy that makes us choose between health care and literally clean air. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so she's charging down to get into that casket because she chose to buy food for the other ten or twelve, mm-hmm. and then this little girl, her partner, pumping the inhaler, and she's trying to get into the casket, and I'm seeing that, mm-hmm. and I know that the reason why we're going through all this is because a bunch of people are sitting in boardrooms making decisions, looking at our community, and saying that that mama, those children, that little girl are expendable. Mm. They are sacrifice zones. And so while we're now going through this, Mm -hmm. 
that sticks with me. I never will forget that. Mm-hmm. And I hope that giving you that same vision, you can feel that mama. Yeah. And so I'm not an artist. But I can just say and use my voice to speak what I saw. Yeah. But you as an artist can now take this that story and other stories and the story of voting for the first time or the stories of other things and put it into lyrics and poetry like I could never do. Mm-hmm. That can, people can listen to that and hear that and somehow in this weird way have hope from that. Yeah. That we as black people and brown people and indigenous people can somehow, despite those horrible situations they put us through mm-hmm. and keep putting us through, and despite that, we still rise. Come we on, brother. We still rise despite all that they do to us. Yes. Mm-hmm. And derail and no brakes on trains and put pollutions. We still mm-hmm. rise. In Come case on. anybody and was wondering, this is the rev that made me vote. This is the rev. <laughs> <laughs> Come that's, on, rev. That's, that's the rev that's that made me vote right there. Mm-hmm. That's the art. And, you got, if, and that's what I'm saying. If you do that and I do my part, then nothing going to stop us. Come on, brother. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. But if you out there, you say, I got to make some money. I'm going to go ahead and talk about yeah. shaking this tush and we going to do this. Yeah. I'm, I Listen, we all need belly rubbing music. We all listen. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, we, yeah, we yeah. want that. that Multifaceted. Yeah, we want that. Righteousness and ratchetness. But, 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 we, <laughs> yeah. but, but we, need, we need that peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. for you as an artist, just know, to be honest, those songs are songs we're going to sing forever. Yeah. When you've gone from here, we're going to sing those songs. Mm. Forever, we can't bring that girl back. Can't bring her back. Mm. But I'm say, tell you what, when we go to our casket, when they put us, when we they put us, when we all go be in the casket, true. When they put us in our casket, put us in there with our fist up. Come on, mm. brother. Put us in there with our fist across our chest. Yes, mm-hmm. they gonna know that black person in that casket gave us hell. Come mm. on, brother. That's what we need. Mm. Yes, like yes, that. indeed. Yes, indeed. Can we get some claps? Come on, man. Yeah, Come on, man. Yo, that, that Took us like, to church today. Y'all didn't know we was going to church, huh? Why is the thing not working? Okay, you're over there. I'll do this. Yes, Boom. yes, yes. Give it the gunshot. So um, we do, as we close out, we, we have a segment, Rev, um, called um, White Pages. Okay. Right, where we encourage our audience to... Like, like, read a read something. Is there is there a book um, that you would recommend, um, kind of around these issues that if folks were interested, like like Trouble said that that would be a good one for them to read yeah. to kind of get familiar with I'm with a, this. I'm gonna give an author. I can't remember. The t- I just titled the book "Escapes Me." It's energy and poverty. I'm pretty sure the name, of it. but Shalonda Baker. Okay, Shalonda Baker, who is actually now at the Department of Energy. Mm-hmm. Um, her, oh wow. Her, her book, she came from the community and she's dead, which is also very important. But she's written a book about energy poverty, about linking those things together. Check check it out. Shalonda Baker is definitely... And also, Aaliyah Thomas uh, has a book called Intersectional Environmentalist. Wow. Mm. So that's those, um, those are two good ones. Shalonda, is this Revolutionary Power Activist Guide to Energy Transition? That's it. That's it. I knew it was a long title. Come that's on, title. come yeah, on. I knew it was some, knew it was some <laughs> type title. <laughs> yeah, that's and it. she's the current director of the Office of Economic Impact and Diversity that's at right. the U.S. Department of Amazing. Energy. Amazing. Absolutely, read, yeah. Read that. that. That would be her. Her her breakdown is amazing. And then Leah Thomas, uh, intersectional environmentalist. Absolutely, is, a, is young. Young. I think maybe Leah's like twenty three, twenty four. Wow, powerful. Green, so yeah, GreenGirlLeah dot com. Yep. Cool. That's a, yeah, that's a website. So y'all got y'all uh, moving papers. Any any final words? Yes. Because you dropped a couple of Tony K. Bombara quotes at the beginning. Yeah. I'm actually really good friends with her granddaughter, Zoe oh, Bombara. 
Amazing. Yeah, and wow. actually fundraising for the Tony K. Bombard Community Arts Center down in Atlanta right now. You can donate to the center through GoFundMe. You can also purchase their merchandise from bonfire.com. They have a storefront called Tony Cade Bombara Community Arts Center, the official merch store. You can go there, cop some dope merch. They have a few colorways, a few hoodies. Dope. They have uh, sweatshirts. They have T-shirts, all of that good stuff. Can you send us that link in our One Hood group chat? Yes, I can. Absolutely. No, look at how small the world is. Ain't yeah, that something? That's Isn't amazing. Something? Miracle? And so our final, is our last questions, our wrap-up No, we're, we're, we're at the... At the hour mark, yeah. so we're so we're what, beyond questions. What, what brings you joy? Oh, what brings you joy? That's a good question. My two boys, the same two boys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, also for in that story, y'all, I didn't go to prison. <laughs> uh, the, the, the movement gave me some amazing lawyers. Come on, and shout out to the, the, uh, Attorney Guild and many others who are the great uh, movement lawyers. And so then now those two boys are now in college. Wow! One, wow! One plays ice hockey. Wow! Oh, dope! Yeah, really dope. good in ice hockey. But watching them grow. And watching them be just amazing people brings me just so much joy. Absolutely. Thank you, thank you for that question. Thank you. Thank you for that, Miracle. Great way to end. Uh, final words, Fruit. It was a great show. Yeah. I'm hungry. Show. Well, I mean, I just want to say, man, again, like, thank you for coming through um, for the second time, yeah. uh, making time for us on the trip, sharing your story. Man, I didn't know that, man. I didn't know um, um, your your background, man. But it, it, it makes sense, right? Because you are a fighter, brother. That's one thing you've been doing in this work is fighting um, and fighting for our people, man. And so, um, you know, keep doing the work that you're doing. Uh, thank you all. Um, thank you, all. you know, we appreciate you, you because you are in the vanguard position for our community. So I feel like, you know, I might not be as versed on the environmental issues, but if you're there, if Hip Hop Caucus is there, I feel I'm represented um, and my community is represented and what we believe and what we think are represented. So thank you for making that trip uh, to East Palestine and for the continued work you're doing around these issues. And if any way we as one hood can help, we down. But we already had that conversation, so okay. we're going we to keep building on that. Thank you. So you have listened to a very special episode of This Week in White Supremacy. We'll catch y'all next time. Peace. One hood, y'all. Peace.